Hey, Pelicans fans, DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook because it's easy to navigate, it has plenty of instructions for new betters, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action in the games. Look, even friends and family, my mom's got into it because she likes the little parlays and checking stuff out for a dollar. And that's the best thing about this offer today. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into 100 that's right. You can pick up any basketball team that's still in the playoffs, any NBA team. Bet a dollar, and if they win, you get $100 to spend on the site. And don't forget, the DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN. When you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits, bet on the basketball team of your choice to win the next game. If they do, you'll win $100 in free credits. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Hey, New Orleans Pelicans fans, welcome back to Protecting Nest. Today, we got a special guest for you, Mr. CL. Don't keep his opinions on the DL, Charles LaRocca. Hope I got that last name right, LaRocca, LaRocca. He's about to sock you with some Pelicans opinions. My man, how you doing today? Doing good, man. I'm ready to get straight to it. I'm honored to be on Protect the Nest. You know, I know that's what we get to right here. We get to the facts. We get to straight. We tell it straight. So that's what I'm here to do. Set it straight on. Wait, set, set it straight on how you thought the, the season went, just in general. You know, just so we know where you're coming from with the rest of this. Yeah, for for this year, I, I mean, realistically, I talk, it's been but a couple weeks now, a month, and I set in. At first, I was disappointed with the results. Uh, I thought with the team Zion, Bi, and Lonzo, I was expecting those guys, especially you know, the leaders on the team, to carry these guys into the playoffs with the vets, Stephen Adams, Bledsoe, and uh, but that didn't happen. Uh, now that I've had time to digest it, you know, the there's been a lot of positives this season. And I feel like as far as the future goes, the positives outweigh the negative scene. The young guys that actually look like NBA players, Jackson Hayes, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, those guys' growth has been great. Zion's been phenomenal, seeing him turn into, a, you know, a superstar right in front of our eyes. So it's disappointing that the wins didn't come along with that, but, uh, you know, now that I've had it set in, I'm very I'm optimistic about the future of the team, but there's a lot, a lot of questions to be uh, answered. And uh, I think now with the Pelicans, we have like a really good idea of who they are as a team and what they need to do. Now it's just about going out and getting it done. Right. I look at the end of the season press conference. David Griffith come out and said this was a rather wonky group for coach, you know, me and Stan Van Gundy. And I, I just wrote on it, this is a career-defining offseason, 18 months for David Griffin. I think some of that wonkiness will be worked out 
I don't know if some of the players will be here for it. You know, uh, to me, we've only got four core players going into next season. That's obviously B.I., Zion. I think Jackson is a core player going forward. And just because of his contract and what he provided in the last of the end of the season, you've got to keep Najee Marshall around next year. That's the only four I see is guaranteed on this team next year. Everybody else is in play. Man, I totally agree. It, Najee, Najee was like a steal. That was one of the the bright spots too. When you look, when you're talking about bright spots, finding him, getting him signed up long term because he can be that three and D guy. And I'm with you on Jackson, man. Like as a core piece, having a guy with his size and athleticism, and like you said, the contract, uh, he's on his rookie deal, and the things he can bring to the team, not just now, but in the future. Uh, yeah, I, I will, I'll keep that guy on the end of the court, on the roster. So I agree with you as far as those guys are the ones like, if I'm trying to build the foundation of what the team is, those are the, those are the people I'm using as my nucleus. Totally agree. Uh, did, I don't know, Harry, did you say Brett Ingram on that? Or no? Yeah, yeah, that's the core four. B.I., Zion, yeah. you know, I, I, I don't see any way you would trade B.I. unless you could bring in not one, but two all, all NBA talents like Dame and another, you know, cat. Or I, I'm not sold on Jimmy Buckets, but a Beal and Dame or CJ, something like You don't get rid of B.I. unless you can bring in, you know, the bird in the hand. You need two in the bush to come to the Pelicans and, and flock up in the nest before before you get rid of Ingram. So, I, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I think, I think you know, as the roster starts to, you know, get better fitting, I think you'll see the best days for B.I. I think are ahead. You know, and I think it's time to see if if you build a team around his skill set, can he be that guy? So I think he's earned that earned a chance to show it. In case that I agree too. Right, building from the bottom up on this roster. You know, we we talked about Najee. He's going to be a nice piece. You know, eighth, ninth, tenth man. When it, you look at minutes played over the season, I think he 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 earned himself some money. You know, obviously he signed that contract, but also he cost Josh Hart some money. And I don't know if that means we get to keep Josh Hart around. I am on the team. Why not both for a lot of for a lot of things? And there's just not space on the roster for it. But it, Josh at a decent price is good, not only for a future trade. Maybe you need his salary, but at the right price again. Why not both? You you need that sustained championship culture. Those hustle grit kind of players. You can't have just one because when Josh got hurt, what happened to this team? I think Stephen Adams kind of carried him along, soldiered him along. And he's a nice vet, but he he just he's he's not that piece to me. He's he's nice, but he's not that piece. I mean, he he provides no spacing, no shooting. Jackson Hayes has already got more attempted three pointers than Ben Simmons. So as I would see when we first got Stephen Adams, I was excited. I was like, wow, man, it's just what we need. Um, the, the type of center he's going to be the bruiser. He's going to be able to to bully guys next to Zion and he did to a certain extent but that's it you know like you just said he didn't bring anything else to the table besides some offensive rebounds so I personally was disappointed with this play a little bit I thought I would expect more not that he's he's okay like you said not bad but like we saw Jackson and even to a lesser degree Billy Hernan Gomez come in and kind of hold down the four with that center position not saying that you know they did they, they did it was it was a lateral move in my opinion like they played you can get away with those guys, and they gave you just as much as Adams did, plus with a little bit more versatility scoring around the basket. And I think that's the type of big you need next to Zion, a guy that can be a threat to score. And uh, Stevens is just not a threat to score. And so 
I was a little disappointed. But back to your point about why not two with Josh and Najee. Um, yeah, I mean, you never have too many guys that can play defense and shoot three ball. And Najee and Josh, and play hard. So that's the culture that Griffin is trying to establish, a family mindset where we're going to fight and we're going to compete every night. Like, those are the two guys I would say, if you're if, if that's what you're trying to build, it starts with those two role players. And I keep saying, like I said this the other day, I don't know if you've been watching the playoffs, but like I saw Austin Rivers go off for like in a playoff game, hit a bunch of threes. I said that's going to be Josh Hart one day. You know, he's a guy I think in the playoffs that he's going to maybe win you or steal you a game just off of his energy and he's going to get hot, maybe gets hot one day. But you know what you're going to get out of those players. And to me, Pelicans need more of that. Just guys that you know what you're going to get out of night in and night out. Definitely, definitely. Uh, Consistency is a big thing, but with young teams, you're, you're going to have to deal with some inconsistencies and hope they work it out. Uh, Austin Rivers, I, I mean, come on. He, he did win a game. He, he went out there and balled out. I see Josh Hart being able to do – he could probably drop a 30 ball on somebody's head one night, but he's not going to do that three times in a season. You know, uh, could he do it in a playoff game? Yeah. But just looking at roster construction, if that's your wings, your 3 and D types – even if you kind of have to overpay Josh Hart and give him, say, 13 to $15 million, with Najee Marshall only making less than two, you're still only spending 10% of your salary cap on two guys who are just dynamic, hustle, grit. You know what you're getting, and you can build from that. And that's why I, I would pay Josh Hart a little more than most. Uh, he's one of my favorite players. And that, that, to me, is how you build the roster out is – is looking at the percentage of what you're spending and what you're getting, not just in a vacuum as like so many people do. That's what the free agent market's for. Roster building, you have to look at the bigger picture. Hey, that's a good point. And you also have to be realistic, too. Like, we're the New Orleans Pelicans. You know what I mean? Like, we're not going to be signing great big free agents yet. We're not We're not a winning team. We're not, we haven't established that. So guys aren't exactly lining up to come play here. And uh, Josh Hart, and, and like when you get a guy that's on the team under a restricted free agent, and you are, you said you already have kind of the, the roster idea you're trying to build in place. If you overpay to keep some guys at this stage, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world, you know. And 15 would be like a, a, in my that sounds high in a vacuum, like you said, but when you break it down and you actually look at the dynamics of the roster, it's not a crippling contract. Um, would you go four years, fifteen million per? So would that be four years, sixty million? Would that be? How does that sound to you? That's the uh, top. That's the top end for me. But I, I mean, I, I I know for a fact that's the low end for Josh. He's going in asking for fifteen to eighteen. That's his 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 goal. He may not get it, but hey, y'all got everybody dreams big. Everybody wants to go into their job. And yeah. hey, say 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 you're in a kitchen and they start you out at eight. You can go in and ask for twenty. They might not give it to you, but you might still get a raise. So Josh Hart, I think he's going to ask for more than he knows he's going to get in hopes that that gets him an extra million or two, even though he's not going to get the full you know, 18. I don't think he gets 15. That's the top end. But uh, look, at, look at Lonzo. We can switch to Lonzo. We were talking about crippling contracts. I, I'm not going over you know, the low 20s, but I would rather overpay someone that's 23 rather than someone that's 33 when you look at what Lonzo's going to be getting and what Jimmy Buckets, Jimmy Butler, is going to want, and he's going to be 38, making $50 million. $50 million. Oh. 
Yeah, you've seen that. You've seen that. But that's a well. How do you feel about Lonzo and, and that situation? Now that we've we're starting to check some of these players off on, on building our roster. So contrary to what people think on Twitter, I do not hate Lonzo at all. I actually like. I think Lonzo is very very good talented player. But I also think you know if he if he wants to resign, and it all depends about who's available. You know, like if Lonzo's wants to resign, but then he doesn't want he wants to go somewhere else do a signing trade. You might have to do it and go after a guy like Brog. But if you can't get the guys you want to grab, and Lonzo wants to come back at the right price, like he's it's okay, it's it's fine. It's just to me about what you surround them with and understanding each player's skill set. So if you're bringing Lonzo back, you're not bringing him back expecting him to be a top scorer. You know, you're not expecting him to go out and drop twenty a night. Let Lonzo play to be play his game, be to his strengths. And we saw this year, you know. He's, he's right now the best shooter on the roster, on a roster devoid of shooting. So I don't get the people that are just automatically, like, yeah, Lonzo can leave, no problem. Um, you actually need someone. We need, David Griffin talked about in this press conference, the need to add shooting. So just, you know, letting a shooter walk out the door and not bringing anybody to replace him, especially a guy well-liked in the locker room, it just doesn't, to me, business-wise, I don't see David Griffin doing that. I don't think, unless he already has a contingency plan on someone to bring back. So it all comes back down to me, like I said, who's available uh, if Lonzo wants to be here. I know people have mentioned Duncan Robinson. Uh, I see it may be like a little sign trade there. I saw someone also mention Kennard on the Clippers. Uh, maybe Lonzo wants to go back to LA. Kennard on a he's a shooter. Uh, it signed a horrible deal with the uh, Clippers in the offseason. So there's some options there. I'm in I'm in favor of Lonzo coming back, but I also understand if they move on, I guess that's what I'm saying. Like I like Lonzo the player. I don't feel like he's a franchise cornerstone right now, but as you said, he's 23. Plenty of room to get better, plenty of room to improve. Um, it's just all about does he want to be here and the fit you build around Lonzo if you do keep him. Like uh, I don't think you can come back with Lonzo and Eric Bledsoe as a starting backcourt and expect to be competing in the, for, you know, playoffs. Right, Bledsoe would have to play up to what his best that he was doing in Milwaukee and not bring the worst that he brought to New Orleans. But looking at Lonzo still, people, uh, yeah, our New Orleans Pelicans Twitter is some crazy places. We're one of the most engaged Twitter fan bases, I think, out there. We will go after anybody yeah. depending on that. But, Looking at Lonzo, you have to say, Lonzo, what what do you want your role to be? Because there's only so many teams with cap space. You know, the Bulls, Knicks, they're going to be in the mix for there. That that's the sign and trade options that have been mentioned the most. But you have to ask Lonzo, yeah. what what do you want to be and what do you want to do? Do you think the Knicks are still on an upward trajectory and you think you're going to push them over the top? I don't think anybody sees that, but I could see why he would have that belief in himself and New York because I mean they've made pretty good strides. Same for Chicago. Could you take Chicago back to the playoffs and become beloved? If you want to do that, Lonzo, sure, go find you know an offer sheet and sign it. But if you understand that your role in the NBA and on a winning team might not be as the glamour number two pick that's always you know the, the foundation, the star, you have to go out and play D, three and D. That he does, he's great at shooting that spot up, and he doesn't want to go to the free throw line. So take the ball out of his hands unless he's running. Lonzo's job from the coaching staff was push the pace, you know, move the ball, start the offense, and then find somewhere to spot up and shoot. 
And if he wants to do that, and he wants to do it for a reasonable price, 18 to 21 million, you have to bring him back. Yeah, you have to. And because, like you said, like once again, it comes back to market. We're, this is the Pelicans. Until we start winning and establishing the culture that Griff is trying to create, we're not going to be on top guys' radar when it comes to free agents. So, you know, I know everybody wants to go get a star. And, you know, I mean, understand it. It's a star-driven league. But to me, it's all about the process as well. Like, you have to go and make stars want to come play here. And I and just losing the guys and letting Lonzo leave for if he wants to stay, like you said, if he's, if he communicate, hey, I'm open to staying here. I see what we're trying to build. I want to be a part of that. And you just let him, oh, no, no, we don't. Sorry, we're going to go. You can go sign wherever you want, and we're going to try to replace you with, you know, Duncan Robinson or someone lesser tier. Yeah, the mid-level exception is how they would replace Lonzo. I mean, that's what you're grading at. Exactly, mid-level. And I just don't think that that's a good look when you're trying to, you know, show Zion, hey, man, we're trying to be serious about winning right now. And you letting one of the, you know, one of the best young players on the team, best shooter on the team, and a guy who everyone in the locker room raves about just walk away. I don't see that being uh, the Griff's. I, I don't. I think Griff's a smart guy, so I don't think he would. He 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 knows just letting Lonzo leave what that would look what that would look like optics wise. So I'm with you. Uh, I think Lonzo has a lot to offer, but I also think you know it's it's, it's that's why this offseason is going to be wild. I think because there is so many different directions the Pelicans can go, and I think. For like a team like New York, because I know you mentioned the Knicks and maybe him wanting to go to Chicago or New York, I, I, I feel like the Knicks are looking maybe even like at a bigger fish. Like they're looking at like Kawhi Leonard because they just had their first good season. They're in the big market, New York. Like they're going to try to add, a, 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 they're trying to add a star. So all these teams, big market teams, are going to be adding stars just like us. Um, why not? Why don't we just keep our guys? And like Griff says, have them grow organically and. When I look at the veterans, and I know people say, oh, add veterans, add veterans. I say, add some veterans that actually fit with our young guys instead of just adding veterans for the sake of adding them. Like, I think when you look back at this year, um, Adams and Bledsoe, as much as, you know, I, I was on board with the moves. I understand the logic in making the moves. They didn't really fit next to our core. And I, I think that would be my focus if I were Griff, would be getting guys to fit around like we said the four core guys and see I'm of the opinion you gotta find people that wanna be here to harp on what you're saying Uh, Reddick didn't wanna be here he admitted when he came he would've rather stayed in Philly they just didn't have the money for him Uh, Eric Bledsoe he's been contending for the championship you know with Giannis for years and he gets relegated to New Orleans he wasn't really checked in I don't think and if you go from 100% to 99% as a professional athlete you lose a whole bunch those last few percentage points is why they're on the court getting paid and not sitting here podcasting about it i mean if, if you're not checked in like that and at least he owned up to it yeah at least he owned up to you know hey i wasn't paying attention in the huddle when we lost to the knicks but he still was checked out in that moment you got to have veterans that want to be here i think adams wants to be here that's why he signed the contract extension and maybe his role won't fit quite his salary cap hit but his his voice in the locker room are more than make up for it but the rest of the veterans, I think you just kind of got to let them go because they, they don't want to be here. Yeah, and the 
Adams, you know, having Jackson on the roster too, makes having Adams, even though he's the extension, he may not be the best fit. Having that rotation, like you can finish games with Jacks, you can have Adams start games. It's it's a good center rotation to have with those three. So I'm with you. The center is the least. It's least of my concerns. Um, Bledsoe, yeah, he's got. You got to find a way to get guys that are really to buy into the culture of we're in New Orleans. You know what? We're we're here to win. We're here to help you guys grow Zion Bi. Instead of, I felt like Bledsoe. You know, you come from a championship team to now you're on a rebuilding situation. Like, there's a, a sense of, like, too, like, I'm not here to be a mentor. I'm here to try to get to another contender. I'm here to try to – I'm here from – you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be doing this for the rest of my career. I'm still good. He's in his 30s. Bledsoe's trying to get back to competing for championships. So, he's, to me, he's literally he's competing for the teams on next. And we need to get guys, like you said, that are – nah, we're in the moment right now. We're in New Orleans Pelican, and we're trying to – with this group like you see what Memphis does when people go to Memphis it's like they buy into that grit and grind already you know it's like already established this is what we're doing we're, we're gonna go we're gonna play hard every night we're not gonna quit we don't care what the score is we don't care what the standings are and yeah finding guys like that and you know it's tough but that's what, those are the guys you have to get and I remember when we signed JJ I was so excited I was like wow JJ Reddick signed with the Pelicans that's Incredible! I might be one of our best free agent signings, and then uh, turns out, yeah, it was all really just about the money. He just wanted, you know, offered the most money. He said that on his pod, and uh, demanded the trade in year two, and ended up costing, you know, him in the front office class. So it's uh, it's about getting the right fitting veterans. It's not just getting veterans like people say. It's about getting the veterans that fit and are buying into what you're trying to do. Yeah, I mean, I was big on Derrick Rose. But that's not going to happen anymore. No, no. And I'd agree with you that New York's probably looking at a bigger fish. I think if Portland gets knocked out in the first round, New York could chase after CJ or Dame, and the Pelicans will finish second in that race. Uh, We've been building the roster here. We're going on 20 minutes. Again, y'all, appreciate you coming on. And looking at, you said you're not worried about the center position. I think that's because you've got Adams, Jackson, but you also have to include Zion in that. We haven't mentioned Zion's name much. We're going to end with that because, to me, you have to play Zion either at point Zion or bully ball paint Zion. That's the only two options for Zion. And then for Ingram working off of him, Ingram, I think, needs to be a two-guard more than a three-guard. And then if you've got B.I. and Zion as a backcourt, I think that's the most fun, exciting, dynamic, big backcourt in the league. And if you just let them run and then put Lonzo at the three, who he has the size and defense to play the three, that that's your team right there. I'm I'm with you. Um, I love that you said Bi at the two. I've been I've been wanting that, praying for that for so long. Because uh, now with points Zion, you see it. And I saw I know Stan Van Gundy mentioned it when when he first got the job. Someone asked him about like perimeter or is it more perimeter oriented? He says it's. Tall guys on the perimeter, he thinks is the future of the league, and I, and we have that. We have Zion, like you said, a bully, who's a ball handler, who can also. That's the beauty of Zion too, his versatility. If depending on the matchup, okay, we can. You want to go small? We'll send Zion straight to the block, let him dominate inside, or he can handle it, run the offense outside. So having a player like, and I saw someone say on Twitter, it was it's hard to build around Zion. I don't see how it would be hard to build around a guy that you know. If you know it's going to dominate the paint and can do it in so many different levels, 
from he can do it from the perimeter, he can do it inside on the offensive glass. He's got it all. So as far as Zion's trajectory, I believe you know we got a superstar in our hands, and uh, and if he, his minutes at the five are going to be contingent on his defense if he takes that next step on being able to you know guard NBA, recognize NBA defenses, and be a be a presence down low and. I think he showed that at the end of the year. You saw him picking it up. So I'm optimistic about his defense. But as far as offensive talent, yeah, Zion is uh, otherworldly. And I love the idea of him and B.I. as a backcourt, getting a Lonzo or, or a knockdown spot-up shooter being that third guy. And that Adams down low, mixing it with Hayes. And then for that fourth spot, that last spot, uh, is there any type of prototype of player you'd like to see? Because I'm with you. I'm all about the the tall ball. I've been trying to tell people that that's the wave, Zion B.I., but I feel like for that last spot, um, that, that that's where it gets, like, what kind of player would you like to see in that position? Easy. We bring back Miritich. Bring back Miritich. Oh, man. That was, I like I mean, that. I like that. That was good. Find somebody like that to stick over there at that stretch four spot. Uh, uh, Gallinari. You know, if we could get him out of Atlanta, he's looked real nice uh, for somebody that's younger and still in the league. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that—that's—that's that's who I'd be looking at for for something like Gallinari, that. And Gallinari's killed us for years. Anybody who has a Pelican, so uh, I would love. I would, man, I would, you know, Gallinari for for his Italy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I loved him in Denver. Yeah, so there's there's options, and so I think we're in the same agreement. That fourth guy, a wing, a stretch four. Got to space the floor, knock knock a uh, knock shots down, and that's and I think when you look at that from that perspective, like the team, it the, it's going to be a crazy offseason because there's a lot of different directions, you know. When you're building this uh, around a guy like Zion, it gives you a lot of options, I think, to go team building. Right, and Zion's still growing, but I, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Once he hits his prime, if you can't play basketball with Zion Williamson, you're probably just not a good basketball player. Uh, same goes for the front office. Once Zion hits 25, 26 years old, uh, once he gets to the end of his rookie deal and starts his second contract, which will clip with the end or the next, either the end of David Griffith's tenure or the start of his second contract as well, you've got to be able to have him at, as a top six seed no matter what. I mean, even the look at the Lakers, they fell to the seventh. But if you have a LeBron or an AD somewhat healthy anywhere near basketball court, and you fail to put a roster around them that can make a top four, top six type season together, you're probably just not a good executive. You shouldn't be constructing rosters once he reaches that point. They're learning that now. They're seeing what they need. But when the bills come due, which will be these next 18 months, we're really going to see if they've convinced Zion to stick around. Yeah, so I was going to say, like, because I've been on the this year, year three is, is huge. I feel like you gotta start making steps towards the postseason. Well, that'd be this. I don't know if they're gonna bring back the playing game, but uh, if, if they do, you gotta be in that. And if not, you know, I feel like with Zion being who he is, and like he said, if you can't build around Zion, you can't play next to Zion. You're probably just not that good. And I think top six in the division title it may sound ambitious, but I think that should be the goal going into next year because you look at the Southwest. It doesn't have the stranglehold on it that it used to with San Antonio, Houston, Dallas. Is they're coming back with Luca, but I mean that's your biggest competition. 
Luka, Ja, and Zion. You have the three phenoms in one division. And I think establishing yourself in that division is the first step towards what Griff talks about, sustained success. And um, I think that I think it's a realistic goal as much as, you know, it sounds unrealistic because you're the 11 seed. But I keep telling people, when you have Zion and then you have a secondary talent like B.I., you're not that far away. You're a couple good moves and a good offseason away from being a, a legit playoff contender. Right, and that that's that's the test for David Griffin, this front office. We'll see if they pass it. We appreciate you passing 30 minutes of time with us here at Protect the Nest. Charles, I hope you enjoy the weather out there. Uh, hope you come back again soon. But tell the people where they can find you on social media and Twitter so they can follow along with all it, everything you do. Oh, yeah. Well, that's uh, LaRocca504, L-A-R-O-C-C-A, 504. Um, you know, we'll be here on Protect the Nest. Got a lot of big moves coming. Pelican stuff. Uh, uh, working right for Bourbon Street Shots right now, but you know I'm always working with everybody. Want to try to be build this Pelicans community up, bring us bring some positivity, some some light too. I know that we, you said we're one of the most active fan bases on Twitter, so I just try to bring positive energy, positive vibe wherever I go. And um, you know I'm I would love I had a great time being on the show, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, shout out for the cards you sent me too. Uh, got my got my collection started, so very much very grateful. Thank you. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna keep building that collection up. We're gonna keep building this podcast up. We're gonna try to keep building the positivity up around this Pelicans team because there's a lot to be positive about coming out of this season. So Pelicans fans, again, appreciate y'all. Give us a five star review, and we'll holler at you next time. Thanks again. <laughs>